0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back uh, again. My name is Nick, and we are going to be uh, talking more about the goodness of God. Um, I've actually been reading here in the book of Second Kings. That's currently where I'm at is I'm trying to read the the Bible in six months ish, hopefully less than that. I'm trying to end reading the entire Bible before January 1st is what I'm trying to do. But as I'm reading through the book of Second Kings, it, it kind of shook me here, and and let me just kind of take you to kind of where we're at. We're in Second Kings, we're in chapter about 23, 22, 23, and um, to, to kind of set the scene, we've gone through Daniel, we've gone through Solomon. Because Solomon hasn't done what he was supposed to do, God has then decided that uh, Solomon is going to that he's going to split Israel in two. Uh, Solomon or David's line is going to keep uh, Judah, and that ends up being some of Ephraim as well. But then the rest of Israel is going to go under a different set of kings. Long story short, all these different kings end up doing either some good, some bad, some really, really bad in the um, as they rule, and they cause the rest of the Israelites or the Jews, however you want to word that, to following their ways most of it has been more bad than good to the point where even god is just like you know what? i'm done with this i'm fed up with this we are moving on um i'm gonna have to completely break this um country apart we're gonna do all these different things and actually there's a guy who's really bad and his name is uh, i believe it's ahaz if i'm uh, gonna be reading this right and so all this crazy stuff happens. But then there is this king. His name is King Josiah. He is eight years old when he begins to reign. And he reigns for 31 years. So from eight years, 31 years, that puts him at 39 years old. Um, uh, And what ends up happening is in the 18th year. So now Josiah is uh, 18 plus eight is 26, if my math is correct. 26 years. He hears from the high priest, he gets the book, a copy of the book, of the law and of the book of Moses, God's law, the Torah, God's way of law of how to live rightly and how to live the best intentions, the way God designed it. So he gets to that and, um, something crazy happens. He follows God completely and totally. And he just, he he is mournful and he is going after and he's p- pulling down the altars of Baal and he's taking care of all of the stuff, getting rid of all the stuff. And God says something that's very interesting. So up until this point, every time a king has done something good, God has allowed either that that king to survive and even um, promises for another generation or two to stay on the throne. Or God tries to do some sort of way to extend or to stop his hand from reaching judgment on the people, but at this point he had so many bad things. You have Ahaz who has done absolutely, total, terrible what they call abominations. If you're in the ESV version, where he has turned away from God and is worshiping these other gods uh, of Moab, of the uh, Amorites. Uh, so like he's worshiping Baal, he's worshiping the the gods of the Philistines, he's worshiping all these other gods. And so God gets fed up and says, I'm going to completely destroy and wipe out the Israelites. Uh, Not, I'm going to destroy the countries that they're in. I'm going to spread them apart. I'm going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let them be together as a kingdom anymore. The judgment's already on them. And so then you have Josiah who completely turns around and um, turns around. He goes after these things. He seeks the Lord. He goes after the prophetess. He seeks the high priest. He's doing all these things for God. And then you hear um, the the priestess or the, the prophetess, uh, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tikva, son of Harris, keeper of the wardrobe and now she in Jerusalem. Um, I don't even think they even give her a name. And, and I see, I went to Hilda. Oh, Huldah, went to Huldah the prophetess. Um. And basically, what she says is, uh, "Tell the man who sent you to me." Now, this is in Second Kings chapter twenty-two, verse. Uh, we're in fifteen and sixteen. This starts in the middle of fifteen. Uh, Tell the man who sent you to me. Thus says the Lord: Behold, I bring disaster upon this place and upon its inhabitants. All the words of the book that the king of Judah has read because they have forsaken me and have made offerings to other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore my wrath will be kindled, my wrath will grow bigger uh, against this place and it will not be quenched. But to the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus shall you say to him, thus says the Lord of God of Israel, regarding the words that you have heard because your heart has, or was penitent or soft turned towards me. And you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard how I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they should become a desolation and a curse. And you have torn your clothes and wept before me. I have also heard you, declares the Lord. Therefore, I will gather you to your fathers, and you should be gathered to your grave in peace, and I shall not see the disaster that I will bring upon this place. And they brought back the word of the Lord to the king. And that's the end of chapter 22. And so basically he goes and inquires of the Lord. He wants Israel to be safe. And all of a sudden, like this prophetess just decides at this point, you know what? Uh, God said that I've no matter what you do, destruction upon the children of Israel is going to happen. But I'm willing to not let you live through that. And. But what happens here is that it amazes me even more because we get into chapter 23. And even when Josiah hears that, he doesn't get mad at God. He doesn't shake his fist and say, God, why haven't you done what I want you to do? What he does is he still finishes tearing down the altars of Baal and all the other altars. And he establishes works on establishing God's law as the law of the land. And he goes after that with all of his heart. And he ends up being struck down dead. And then a terrible king comes and happens and then they end up, um, Nebuchadnezzar ends up coming and uh, raiding and taking over them. And so the reason why that hits me is because like, as I was thinking about this and going over this in my head over and over again, it reached out even more to me because many times we want to ask ourselves like, God, why are these bad things happening? And. And you have Josiah, who's this king, who all this bad stuff started happening. He gets struck down dead. Uh, but before that he God says, I'm gonna create this destruction, even though you've come after me. And a lot of times one's like, God, God, what's the point? What's the use? If all this bad thing's gonna happen to me, what's the point of even trying, anyways? And um we even get this with the the in in the book of John in the New Testament, where Uh, The disciples and Jesus meet this blind man who's been blind since birth. And the disciples ask, um, this is John chapter 9, verse 2. His disciples ask him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus says, neither this man nor his parents sinned. For this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. And as long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. And while I'm while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Um, and that's John chapter nine, that's verses two through five. And as we're going through this, we always, as a people, we always want to find out why. God. Who sinned? Who fault is this? God, how soon can I turn this around? And we're always trying to find the reason the culprit to point our fingers at to blame them for the reason why we're in our situation. And God's saying, you know what? It and I I believe, I feel in my heart that part of what Jesus says is is that, you know, this was made for the work of God, neither his he sinned or his parents sinned. He's saying that you guys are too busy trying to find the blame and everything that you have that's going on in your life. You're too busy trying to find the blame of what's going on. And what I want you to say is that it's not about whose fault it is of why I'm in the situation. The only reason why you wanna know what happened or how I get there so that you can figure out how to not get in that situation again. But if there's nothing that you could have done to stop that situation in the first place, if there's nothing you could have done to not get out of debt in the first place, if there's nothing you could have done in your mind to not experience what you've experienced you you had a tragedy against you and it wasn't even your fault he's saying that all of this can be done so that the god's so that God's glory all this can be done so that god's glory can can be filled in all the earth can be filled through your story through your testimony um and that's just that's just amazing it's mind blowing to me because it feels so counterintuitive it feels like God is just this Father, this man, this God, in the sky who only wants to punish everyone who does stuff wrong and only wants to help people who do things right, but then you ask the question, you know, God, why does bad things happen to good people? I ask this all the time, God, I do my best. I was actually praying this today. I prayed, God, I'm doing my best to follow your ways, to do what you have to do to 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 be successful and and i I followed my mentors i've listened to the people who are around me. Why am I in this situation? Why why am I not where I want to be financially? Why am I not where I want to be in my relationships? Why am I not where I want to be spiritually? Um, why am I not where I want to be in the natural? When you said, Lord, um, that if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And God, I've done my best to try to seek you first. And I'm not anywhere close to where I want to be. And I think, what what God's been trying to show me trying to tell me is that like, it's not about you. It's not about what you've done. It's not about what you did, even though we should always, always, always learn from our mistakes, always try to look and see where we were responsible in our life and how we can properly respond. Now, responsibility does not mean it's your fault. But responsibility means that you have the ability to respond, the ability to react in a different way, in a different capacity. You have the ability to change the situation that you're in. So you might not be the one to blame for your finances. You might not be the one to blame for where you're at. You might not be the one to blame for all of that, for your health. But you have the ability to respond to that, to make something to to make choices to help that situation become better. And so, while you might not have, so um, let me just back that up a little bit. So when we talk about this and that that ability to respond, uh, we always want to take that responsibility and try to do what we can to respond to make ourselves better to help ourselves grow. But sometimes bad things happen and they happen so that way we can learn and we can grow, we can rely on God. And so that God's glory, God's name can be exalted in all the earth. And I think if we think about it from that standpoint, and it's, this is not a stand back standpoint, this is not a, 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 a standpoint of where we just sit back and we're defeatist and we just, we're apathetic or we don't do anything about it. Um, but it's a standpoint of, I'm not going to be looking for who to blame and say, this is your fault that you're here. I'm not going to be a victim in this, but God, I'm going to prepare what I can prepare. and I'm going to do my best to follow you and all that I have. And I'm going to learn more about you to follow you and all that I have. And I'm going to wait on that blessing. I'm going to prepare for that blessing. I'm going to pray and I'm going to seek your face in all that we do. And, and even when, um, we can't quote unquote change God's mind, even when we can't stop a calamity from happening in our lives. It, that that does not change the fact that God can have His name be exalted in the midst of pain, in the midst of trouble, in the, and in the midst of struggle. So I think um, as I'm as we're going through this, and as you're going through stuff that's going on in your life, as I'm going through stuff that's in my life, I really do want to be able to point out and and remind you that. God's got this and that God's name can be glorified in all the earth. God's name can be exalted in your life. And that when you get through to the other side of this, that God is going to raise you up and you're going to go through and you're going to realize there's no way I could have made, i gone through this. There's no way I could have had this success that I have. There's no way I would have had the strength that I have if it wasn't for God and that strength that god gives you that you have when you rely on him and you follow him even in the midst of that that's going to bring a sense of joy a sense of comfort a sense of purpose and that's going to be a testimony for the people that are around you that's going to be the witness that they're going to see and they're going to see something that's going to be very different about you through all of that um not everyone is going to have the success that the world measures for success for God's glory. Not everyone's going to have that. Not every Christian's going to have that. That's not what's designed to be. But what's designed to be is for us to be able to be content and to be glorify, and to glorify God when we have plenty and when we are in need. Uh Paul says this um that I have I've had many things, I've had nothing, but I've learned that uh, I can be content in all things, and I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The idea that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength is is that um, it's not that I can you know do something that's I can do something that's so like outside of my strength, like I can jump off a cliff through Christ who gives me strength, or I can run the marathon through Christ who gives me strength. Even though God can definitely give you strength for that the The biggest thing is that when, when we can look through that contentment that we can come out bl- uh, blessing and praising God through everything we do because Christ is the one who gives us strength. Um, he's the one that gives us breath in our lungs. He's the one that allows us to have the breath to say praise the Lord. Um, and uh that's philippians uh chapter four that i think i'm quoting there i'm writing that off the top of my head so i could be mixing up two different verses of scripture in there but i really do want to just pray with you right now and 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 help and believe with you that god is going to use your life your situation your hurt for his glory and that when we can glorify God with our bodies. We can glorify God with our life. We can glorify God by the words that we say. Something amazing is going to happen in us. So, uh, dear God, I just thank you so much. I thank you so much for what you have done for us. I thank you so much that you came and you, you you, loved us enough to send your son and die on the cross. But more than that, God, I love that you are in charge and that you want your name to be glorified in all the earth lord you are amazing you are so big you are just wonderful too wonderful for us as the creator you choose to care about us in your creation you have not re- written us off you have decided that we are not um you've decided that we are be- that we are precious enough in your sight for you to care about us who am i who are we you are mindful of us. The human race that you visit us. Lord, thank you. And may we always be able to focus on what you are doing. May we always be able to learn from who you are and be able to glorify your name and be a witness in all the earth. May your kingdom come in all the earth. And with all of that, may we be able to experience your presence. May we be able to experience your peace. And may we be able to know that you are always God, no matter what's going on in our lives. Thank you. In your name, we pray. Amen. Well, uh, thank you so much for listening. At least those are my thoughts. If you have any thoughts, please let me know. And I will, uh, we will pick this back up as we are going through more of the Bible to understand uh, the goodness of God, the glory of God, which I think is really important that we need to be focusing on right now. So thank you guys so much, and I will see you next time.